effort from certain people to give the appearance that they are Christians and that they are well-intentioned when they attempt to promote certain ideas among biblical Christians. But when one examines their proposals, one understands that these people, what they're trying to do is at the cost of true biblical Christianity, they are looking to advance secular humanism, a false religion in its own sense that arises against Christian principles against the Christian ethic and against the gospel itself. I'll have evidence for you of the very same in this edition of the ATA podcast. Welcome each and every one of you to this new edition of Absolute Truth. Absolutely. Once again, presenting the subject matter, the topic for this edition of the podcast, your host in Jesus Christ, Gio. I was recently reading an article through Christianity Today, which I think most biblical Christians know today to be, let's call it an organization that pretends to be Christian, but in fact, what it does is that it advances leftism. This is why it concords with what I said at the beginning of this podcast. One of the main evidences that we have for this is not only what I'll read to you today, but also Russell Moore being part of the editorial team of Christianity Today. This is the former president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention. This man was responsible during his tenure at the same to advance ideas which are diametrically opposed to biblical Christianity. He spent the vast majority of his time in this desk and now through his bully pulpit, as it were, through Christianity Today, to try to legitimize what I've called, what others have called, leftist Christianity, which we know is not Christianity, but nevertheless they're trying to legitimize it. Well, the article that I have for the audience today proves this furthermore. It was written by Daniel Silliman, Silliman, which I think is <laughs> an adequate name, and that's not a pun intended, by the way, titled Covenant Families Frustrated by Tennessee's Failure to Pass New Gun Laws. If you're aware of the political scene in the United States, you understand that Tennessee has become a bit of a ground zero for leftists, and they're battling especially against the Second Amendment. Why? Well, as one Democrat operative said months ago about Tennessee, the Democrat Party in the very same was at risk, is at risk of becoming extinct in the state. That's how red Tennessee has become. But what recently happened? Well, you all remember the Covenant School shooting, which happened in March, if my mind doesn't fail me. Governor Bill Lee, who supposedly is a Republican, had called a special session for August for the legislatures to or legislators to return to the state capitol to debate, I think, 10 different proposals that he had put forth, including red flag gun laws. Now, those of you that know my stance on the matter understand that I believe that the Bible speaks very clearly about the right that God confers unto his children for self-defense. It is natural. It is a divinely given right. It's not something that government permits, like many conservative Christians have come to believe. It's something that God confers. If you look at what Jesus says to the disciples, for example, before the last hours of his life, they ask him certain questions. And he says, look, you need to take two among your tunics, hand one in, I'm paraphrasing, and get yourself a sword. Read it in Luke and you'll find it. This is one of the passages that people seem to gloss over and don't understand that our Lord and Savior is telling us very clearly that we would need to defend ourselves because there would be people who would come attack us for, among other things, our faith. And Jesus, in no uncertain terms, said, you have the right to defend yourself. 
This is why he said, turn in one of your tunics and get a sword. This is where, among other texts from the Bible, the Christian receives the information that he has the divine right, as it were, to defend himself, to defend his family. But there are people whom are attempting to subvert that right. And one of the tactics that they use is an appeal to emotionalism. And what gets covered, what gets bypassed, is how inherently evil that emotionalism is to cover the move to try to repress other people's rights for, among other things, self-defense. It is truly nefarious, especially, as you'll note in this case, when children are being used as shields against criticism for the evil that these people are undertaking. I'll explain more shortly, and it'll become clearer as I give an explanation as to how this is unfolding before our very eyes, but I'll give you a summary of what has happened. Very many conservatives in Tennessee have criticized Governor Bill Lee for a response to what happened in covenant shooting. By the way, we still don't have the manifesto. The public has a right to know what Audrey Hale wrote, why she did what she did, and they continue to withhold this from the public. Furthermore, it's noted that the current head, the current president of the Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission of the Southern Baptist Convention, Brent Leatherwood, he is actively opposing lobbying legislators and the governor from releasing this to the public. Why? Why should we all of a sudden not find out what's in there? There are reports, and it doesn't seem as if they've been debunked, where the families of Covenant had actually paid for the funeral expenses of a Hadri Hale and yet have left the parents who were victimized by Hale without a single recourse, without a single monetary donation for their funerals and for their families of the victims, which is beyond the pale, I'll tell you. It's even difficult for me to describe the outrage that one has when one hears this from so-called Christians. And I say so-called because the Bible even tells us that we should be especially fruitful, as it were, in giving to those of the house of the faith. But you see how these people play politics with these things. Anyways, to give you further evidence on the matter, and this is a microcosm of what I stated at the beginning of this podcast episode. We have infiltrators. We have people among us whom are trying to use biblical language, Christian platitudes, and things of this nature to try to convince conservative Christians, biblical Christians, to adopt and to propel forward ideas that inherently are contrary to what the Bible teaches. Among these things, as I've said, self-defense. This article, written by, again, Daniel Silliman, no, <laughs> I guess we could say that there is a pun intended with his last name, features a photograph from a woman who has her hand on her head in frustration and seemingly begins to cry, and she has a shirt, a white shirt, that has the word covenant written in the front. Listen to the maliciousness of this because the more information I give, I think it'll become more and more evident of what we're talking about here. They hoped the Tennessee legislature would listen to them. They hoped the elected representatives would do something, something to make their kids safer. I'll stop here for a moment. Does this sound to you like impartial reporting or does it sound to you like some sort of documentary that is trying to incline your mind towards a particular position? This is not the way that a genuine reporter would write a report. This has all the makings of propaganda. 
It continues. But at the end of the special session in Nashville, the Covenant School's parents' hopes were dashed. What is this special session? As I said before, the Governor Bill Lee, he called for a special session. I think the Tennessee legislature was on recess. He called them back during the end of August to debate proposed uh, bills that he had put forward among them red flag gun laws. If you know anything about red flag gun laws, among them, they are a direct violation of the Second Amendment, no matter what its proponents say to the opposite. Why? In essence, they're called extreme protective orders, which what they do is that enable snitches or people whom have nefarious ideas. If they find out that you own firearms, they can report you as being mentally deficient to the police. And now you have no due process. The police show up at your door. They forcibly tell you, turn over any of your firearms because we believe that you're a risk to yourself and they take away your firearms and then you have to go to court to prove your innocence in direct contravention to what the Constitution says, which is that the government has to be able to prove your guilt. You're presumed innocent until the government can prove you're guilty. Not only this, if you think about it, this violates one of the essential commandments of what the Bible says. Thou shalt not bear false witness, even in Proverbs. It says that anyone that bears false witness is committing an abomination before God. So you begin to see the things that are moving behind the scenes here and how there are so-called Christians promoting things that ethically speaking are immoral. They're perverse when you think about it. But again, they use the shielding of we're just trying to protect children in order to shy away or, or deflect any criticism, which they deserve, by the way. I can sympathize with a person who has been victimized, but that doesn't suddenly that doesn't give you the right to go around lobbying so that other people's rights may be hampered or taken away. That's not right. That's essentially immoral. Again, we can sympathize with the plight of those that have lost loved ones, but at the end of the day, it does not give you the right to infringe on the rights of others. That is just downright Immoral. And I know a lot of this has to do, and they'll never mention it, over the fact that maybe they're feeling remorse over the fact that they left their children in a, in a state of vulnerability. It's been mentioned over and over again that it's necessary for, if the school system is going to continue in the way that it is now, to give them armed officers, as it were, to protect the children. But even then, I've argued before, it's just better for the parents to protect their own children. Homeschool your children. Look at what happened in Parkland in my home state of Florida. There were police officers on the scene, and yet they did nothing about the situation while there was an active shooter in that high school. And yet, when these parents are saying, we want to be armed so that we can protect our children, what does the legislature say or the local districts? No, you can't do that. You see, instead of faulting the people who are responsible for this mess, sometimes, well, not sometimes, many times, what these advocates are doing are actually trying to punish castigate those that are the innocents in the matter instead of holding accountable those that through their policies led to these sorts of devastations, which once again compounds the immorality of the matter. And to make matters worse, we've got propaganda arms of the left, like Christianity Today, trying to make people like ourselves feel guilty over something that the Tennessee legislature should not do because they rejected all of the proposals that Bill Lee put forward, thankfully so. Because if one thinks about it, it is downright immoral to enable people to simply put in a complaint. In many instances, it's been proven in Florida, it's happened over again. In many instances, this is just pure revenge, knowing that what the laws do is that they protect the one who bears false witness and they criminalize the person that has done 
nothing wrong. This is one of the most egregious things that Rick Scott did as governor of Florida before he left. He finished his term as governor in response to what had happened in Parkland. And now many Floridians are left out in the cold without protection against this sort of government-enabled revenge tactics and also a way to subvert the Second Amendment because it's very clear, shall not be infringed. But this is a way to try to remove, as it were, guns from people that are not doing anything wrong. It's a way to disarm individuals. Again, further immoral. Well, the article continues, but at the end of the special session in Nashville on Tuesday, the Covenant School parents' hopes were dashed. The legislature didn't even vote on the bills that the families of children who survived the Nashville school shooting in March wanted to see made into law. Wearing matching black t-shirts with the words, get used to seeing these faces. The co-founders of Covenant Families of Better Tomorrows, I'll speak about them shortly, wept at the Capitol. And at a press conference after, some of them spoke of how hard it was going to be to explain this all to their children. We will go home and we will look at our children in the eyes, said Mary Joyce, whose daughter was best friends with one of the girls murdered at the Presbyterian Church in America School. They will ask what our leaders have done over the past week and I have to protect them. Really? Children are going to ask this? Fourth, fifth graders who know nothing are not interested in politics? They're going to ask them this? You see the emotionalism that is used. When I began to investigate who this Covenant Families for Better Tomorrows is, I went to their website. It's a one-page website, by the way. No information on who their founders are. No information on who the board is. It only has a donate button, and it's a one-page scrolling website. Among the things that it mentions here that they support, it says responsible firearm ownership. Tell me if you haven't heard these platitudes and from where you've heard them, and you'll get an indication of what this group is made of. We promote responsible firearm ownership by advocating for stricter background checks. Sound familiar? Closing loopholes in gun laws. This sounds like every town for gun safety supported by the dollars of Michael Bloomberg. It sounds exactly like it. And it continues, and supporting legislation that ensures firearms are safely stored and inaccessible to unauthorized individuals. Yes, because what we need is government laws telling people what they have to do in their own homes with their own property. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> we believe in preserving Second Amendment rights while prioritizing the safety of our communities. That is already a paradoxical statement because the Second Amendment says shall not be infringed. So any law that necessarily infringes on people's rights to bear arms, to keep and bear arms, it contradicts the statement. But politicians say this all the time and people don't hold them to account for this intentionally paradoxical, contradictory statement. So we're talking here about a group that is obviously, by the use of that language, leftist. Here's what also gave it away. At the very bottom of the webpage, it says, quote, Covenant Families for Brighter Tomorrows is an independent, nonprofit registered 501c3, 501c4 organization founded in 2023 and is not affiliated with the Covenant Church or the Covenant School that was founded in 2001 as a private Christian school and as a ministry of Covenant Presbyterian Church. We do not represent, speak on behalf of, or claim any official association with the Covenant Church or the Covenant School. This is very interesting. If this is the case, then why is Daniel Silliman from Christianity Today, making it appear as if these are people whom were directly impacted by the school shooting in March. You'll note then that there is some craftiness, some cunning at play here. There's some other things that are mentioned in 
the article, there were, according to reports, parents that were direct victims of this shooting there. I need to say that for full disclosure. I don't want anyone accusing me of having to hide certain things. For example, the article says the parents vowed this defeat would not be the end of their activism. But you'll note that the language there necessarily includes the parents of the victims. Melissa Alexander, whose fourth grade son stood silently against the wall while the shooter killed three of his classmates, addressed elected officials directly. The shooter confronted our children with guns. Now you are stabbing families and all Tennesseans in the back. What an emotionally charged statement. And why are you attributing fault to the Tennessee legislators, whom, in my opinion, did the right thing by throwing these things out? Because as I said before, just because a person has suffered victimhood, it doesn't mean that it gives them the right to now turn around and lobby legislators to repress the rights of other people. That's inherently immoral. You don't do that. And again, you don't use children as your shield against criticism because I know what's going to happen just by saying this. People will say to me, well, Gio, they lost their children. Again, it doesn't give them the right to suddenly move forward and try to restrict the rights of others because they were victimized. That's inherently immoral. Besides, if I were to use my children's death as, again, a shield to promote this nefarious move forward, what would you say of me? And I think rightfully so. Why are you using your children as a shield? Then why can't we criticize them for this? It's immoral. It's insane. There have been 477 mass shootings, the article continues, in America so far in 2023. No particulars of where this is happening. They're trying to make it seem as if Tennessee is another part of this. Gun violence is the leading cause of deaths for children over the age of one, surpassing automobile accidents and cancer. It's curious. Why don't they mention that the vast majority of these are happening in, for example, places like Los Angeles and Chicago, which practically every weekend now, they have mass shootings. Recently at a Chicago White Sox game, there was a shooting that happened, if I'm not mistaken, out in the right field bleachers. (laughs) <laughs> there was even a local representative in Chicago. I don't know if the audience caught wind of this where it's a woman. I forget her name. She was advocating that maybe they pass some sort of regulation where they tell the youths don't shoot people in broad daylight. Just do it at night. Like similar to the movies, the purge. I'm not joking. Look it up and you'll see that I'm not making this up. Tennessee has had 17 mass shootings this year, leaving 32 people dead and 59 wounded. Well, where have those, where have those happened primarily? Remember that the Covenant School was in, is in Nashville. Again, the problems continue in this country with the big cities. That's where they happen. I don't know if any of you have traveled to Nashville. I've traveled to Nashville. At night, it's, let's put it this way, it's a dangerous place to be. There are certain places in Nashville you don't want to go. You don't want to be there. So you can begin to see that there's a reason why this is worded in this particular way because it omits key facts and that's the whole intention to try to convince you that what they're supporting here is in is essentially more remember this is an an article that's presumably written to christians it's christianity today right one of those shootings happened in march when a person identified as a former student reportedly in the process of changing their name and pronouns uh, they don't mention that she was a sexual deviant right audrey hale broke into the covenant school carrying three guns an ar-15 semi-automatic rifle a nine millimeter semi-automatic pistol, caliber carbine, and 9mm semi-automatic pistol. The armed intruder fired 152 rounds in 14 minutes, killing six people before police fired back, killing the shooter. The guns were purchased legally, even though the 28-year-old was under a doctor's care for an undisclosed emotional disorder, and the parents, person's parents felt they should not have access to firearms. So where were the parents? You see, among hidden among all of this also is how people continue to demand the legislature's put more laws 
And what this does is that it actually restricts more and more freedom. I've said it before, we've come to a point in American culture where Americans no longer value freedom because we continue to demand government do something about it when we don't understand inherently that when we ask government to involve themselves more and more in our lives, the more freedoms we lose. And this includes many Christians, by the way. If you truly value freedom because you understand that the law that is written within your hearts, part of that gospel of Jesus Christ, constricts your actions because you know that you don't want to disobey God's mandates, why do you need further laws from the government to tell you not to do certain things when many of those laws, what they actually do is that they constrict your freedom because the people that write them are inherently what secularists, and this is what they want. They want more government control and the ability to coerce people into their whatever whims they pass. But this is not at all mentioned by this article. This is why I titled this podcast edition the way that I titled it because now many Christians are unfortunately paying attention to these people whom are infiltrating themselves within the church trying to convince us, trying to convince biblical Christians that somehow we need to turn over our essential God-given liberties. It's not only wrong, it's downright immoral, it's nefarious, I would dare say. So, the rest of the article, it, it quotes, for example, something uh, from a Vanderbilt University poll. The way that these articles are written, you'll note that these are activists that are writing these things. It says, for example, here, a Vanderbilt University poll found that 72% of registered Tennessee voters support red flag laws. And let's say that's true. Let's presume that's true. Why should that be put into place when essentially we're talking about something that eliminates, it violates due process, among other th- considerations? Just because a group of people, the majority, support something, it doesn't mean that it's it should be enshrined into law. But again, the article writer's not going to mention that because it goes contrary to the inclination that he wants the reader to have. That includes half of self-identified MAGA Republicans. I've got a very difficult time believing this. And about 70% of non-MAGA Republicans and independents. Interesting. Why aren't Democrats mentioned in this article? As you well know, and I've stated this before, many polls that are published nowadays, they heavily oversample Democrats in order to, once again, put forth the propaganda that they wish for people to adopt. And I've stated it before, just because, let's say 100, 99% of people, they say this is a good idea. Just because the demos of democracy, as it were, support this overwhelmingly, suddenly that means that we have to pass a law, even though it's immoral. It's one of the stupidest things, as it were, of a democracy, one of the most dangerous things of a democracy, which we aren't, but this is what America has devalued itself into. Lee said in April, there's a broad agreement that this is the right approach. What, because he said so? I'm not saying it's easy, but it's possible when we're talking about the safety of our children, our teachers, and innocent lives. Why are you then restricting the rights of people to defend themselves? Why don't you do what they use the phrase common sense, as it were, things in order to defend people. Like, for example, taking retired military, retired police officers, and then having them, as it were, protect the schools. Again, this is not my preferred position. I prefer for parents to homeschool their children. I'm not going to defend the public school. But if this is what parents are going to continue to pay their taxes for, then at the very least do this. No, no, that's that's not part of it's not part of what uh, was proposed here, as it were. So I'll end with this, ladies and gentlemen. Although this is happening in a political context, 
you'll note that the people who are involving themselves just by the sketchiness that they use, as we read from the website itself from Covenant Families for Brighter Tomorrows, you'll note that they use such cunning to try to convince people of the morality of their positions when in fact what they are actually doing is trying to convince people, trying to convince individuals to adopt things which are inherently against Christian principles, against liberty. We have to be careful with these types. We have to be careful and and be willing to denounce them because you see, that's part of the cunning craftiness here. Since people whom are associated presumably with what happened with the families of the covenant school shooting victims, since they are associated with all of this, people now are afraid, even these politicians, which I'm glad they didn't do anything on any of these proposals. They did the right thing. They're even afraid to criticize them because they know that they're going to be, they're going to be raked over the coals over criticism on the press and things of that nature, even though they're not doing anything wrong. I think they did the right thing here. There was an instance here in this article where it says that one Tennessee lawmaker uh, said, look, if, if she wanted to take away lives, even if she wouldn't have had access to guns, if she would have run over those children, she would have had a car, she could have done that as well. It's true. Any person that looks to engage in an evil, they'll look for different ways to do it. He's absolutely right. Supposedly, the article writer says the Covenant families were disgusted by this and they walked out. Well, they could be disgusted for it, from it for all they want. He's right. This is just a basic fact. If, if we're that dense, as it were, if we're this sanctimonious that we can't recognize these things, we've got a problem. We really have a problem. We have a sensibility issue in this country. Well, Gio, that was insensitive of him to say it. This is what I said earlier. All of a sudden, when a person speaks plain truth to demonstrate the absurdity of certain positions, now suddenly we castigate the messenger. And what I mean by sensibility in this case is that we've lost sensibility of Christian ethics. Not, for example, the sensibility that ought to be there that if a person is convicted by truth that what they are espousing is wrong, they should admit it. That's the loss of sensibility that I'm talking about in this age where people are told the truth and they don't want to hear it. They want to repress it in unrighteousness. That is unrighteous among the other ills that we've spoken about in this edition. My encouragement to the audience is be very careful with these persons. Be very careful with these people and don't be afraid to denounce them. All the while you can say, and it's in honesty, and I've said it before, I can sympathize with those that have lost their their families to things like this. I can. I mean, I can't identify with them. I don't know what it is to lose a child, but I can sympathize with them under Christian principles where it says, weep with those who weep and become joyous with those who are joyous. I, I, I agree with that. I live by that. But just because you've been victimized It doesn't give you the right to suddenly turn around and try to repress, restrict the rights of other people. That's immoral. And furthermore, to engage in false testimony while you do it and emotionalism, to try to hide the immorality of what you're trying to push forward, that is essentially immoral. I know this is not a popular message, but it's one that needs to be stated for the sake of truth. I hope this helps you see things in a much more clear way fashion. If you listen to this podcast through the Apple uh, Podcasts application, we would ask you to give us the five-star review so that the uh, algorithms would pick up the uh, the fact that people are liking this so that others can view and listen to 
this podcast. If you're listening to this through our website, we would encourage you to drop a comment or leave us an email. And also you can follow, I encourage you to follow our uh, channel through Telegram under ATA Truth. That's our username on Telegram, ATA Truth. And also share this with other people that they too need to hear the truth in this world full of uncertainty. That's all that I have for you on this occasion. Thank you so much for listening. Until the next occasion that we meet, may the Lord shine his face upon you. Thank you.